happy, happy Monday, my fabulous vibers. Welcome back to my podcast where I believe that every woman deserves the freedom to craft the life she wants and the guts to go after it. We will share stories, facts, and opinions on various aspects of life to give you that kick in the ass to light you up and spread killer vibes every day, 24-7. Today, I am joined by everyone's favorite guest, my husband, Russ. Hello. Glad to be back. People love to hear your perspective, honey, and especially on the topic that we have going on for today, um, we can give people a little bit of feedback on why we love traveling and why we're such passionate travelers. Um, And I think it's something that we we talk about, but I don't think they've heard us in this perspective. And what we're going to be talking about today are going to be travel deals and steals. And then I'm also going to be giving you guys five hacks for packing because I'm a pro at packing. That's you are one, of a pro my, at packing. one of my strengths. It's very efficient. It's very efficient. And I think after, I guess, 20 years of traveling, I've really felt like I've honed it down and made it like super efficient and boom, yes. boom, boom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Get it, get it out. So become a hall of fame, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we always get questions like, how do you guys decide where you're going? How do you guys decide um, how you're getting there? You know, where? why do you guys go on this airline? Like sometimes they ask us, you know, you guys always go just on United or do you guys ever try anything right. else? Or, you know, we get so many questions. I get so many DMs on travel like, hey, I love your travel pictures. I wish I could travel that way. Um, how do you guys make it look so effortless? How do you guys make it look so easy? And I think there's a few things that we can talk about today that we can give as pointers and and deals and steals that we've learned along the way that have made traveling so much easier for us, um, a quicker process, just things that we've learned, um, I think, mostly from trial and error and just kind of like going back to to, to true uh, ways of, of traveling and the way that we like to do it, um, whether it's domestic travel or whether it's international travel, we really do enjoy the whole process. And I think Rusk is... Um, has a background, and you're going to guys hear a little bit about that because he does have a background in travel, um, and he'll tell you a little bit about that. But I want to start off with something you mentioned yes uh, when we do it. We were doing a little brainstorming, and you mentioned that you like to work backwards right. when you start your travel plans. Um, so tell me, what does that mean? What does it mean when you say you work backwards? Right. So first of all, I had actually, like you had mentioned. I do have a little bit of background in travel during my college years. My parents used to own a travel agency in the latter half of the 90s. So I would spend my weekends and my off hours off campus helping my my parents out, manage a travel agency, sell online tickets, sell cruises, sell packages, uh, book some exotic stuff. And that's kind of how I learned where a lot of people went. But I've always had a I've always had a curiosity for the cultures, kind of like an anthropological kind of mind. Yeah. I've always, I've always knew that I wanted to travel around the world and see how other people live and see what makes them click, what makes them operate. So, you know, to answer your question, I like to work backwards because I like to find out most people say, you know, I think what, from, from what I've heard is mm-hmm. you book the airline tickets, you book the hotel. Yeah. What I actually like to do is why are you going there? 
What's the destined? What's the purpose of so the destination? So start with that question. Start, Why are you going so there? Are you going there? Is it a cultural trip? Is it a beach kind of, you know, leisure vacation, type, vacation yeah. type mm -hmm. trip? Are you going to Vegas? Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're going somewhere, let's say exotic, let's say you want to go to India and you want to go see the Taj Mahal. Right. So you locate where the Taj Mahal is. And that's what I usually do. And then I work backwards in terms of the hotel and then the airfare. Okay. So... I like to, you obviously, when you're going somewhere where you don't necessarily speak the language, where it's a, quite a divergence from your everyday comfort level, mm -hmm. you want to find something close to your site. Yeah. Where, you know, you can't necessarily rent a car out there. Transportation is a bit tricky because the language isn't in a language you're familiar with. You don't mm -hmm. speak the language. Mm -hmm. So you want to find something that makes sense, maybe in a walking distance that is close in proximity. Uh, if you're going to Machu Picchu and you want to go see uh, Machu Picchu itself, you obviously don't want to stay in Lima. You right. want to stay near where Machu Picchu is. So you have to research what are the accommodations available near that place because Machu Picchu is on a hill. Yeah. It's not easily accessible by road. Uh -huh. So uh, you have to, you, that's, that's kind of how the thought process that I use to locate something. Same thing with, you know, if you decide that you want to go to New York City, you want to see the Statue of Liberty, you don't want to stay in Har Harlem or in Brooklyn. You, so I you, so you want to stay close to the place that you're actually visiting right. or like maybe like a central location where you can right. either walk around, right. maybe take a subway or something quick that's not sure. going to be right. a huge ordeal to get to the yeah, place you're you trying to get to. You don't want to stress when you travel. We yeah. stress every day in our lives yes. just trying to get through the daily grind. Uh -huh. So why try to stress figuring things out, how to get places where you can just make things more convenient? Because yes. to me, the essence of not only learning another culture or getting to see another place, but you're also on vacation. Right. And so you want to make things not necessarily as restrictive or as stressful. So you want to make things convenient. That's you, the way I, you know. Well, yeah, because, right. you know, when you travel, you want it to make you want it to be fun. You want it to be exciting, adventurous. You don't want it to be right. a, a stress thing. And the more you plan ahead, the better it is yes. that you will not be so stressed right. when you get there because you've yeah. already put a few things in place, whether it's a tour guide, whether it's tours, yeah. um, you've booked uh, train tickets ahead of time. Sure. So we're going to talk a little bit more right. about that. But I want you to tell us a little bit about why you are not a big fan of um, websites such as Expedia or Travelocity. Right. Why are you not a big fan of those? And have you used them before? Right. Well, I have used them before. Yeah. But if you need to make changes or as you – I like to book things ahead of time. I don't, I don't yeah. ever book anything last minute. I can't recall that I ever did anything less than a month ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, as you start booking, uh, you start doing your research on social media, on Instagram, on TripAdvisor, yeah. on different platforms out there, different websites like JetSetter. And they kind of give you ideas of where to stay, what to do. And then you come across another idea. Uh -huh. And then to make that change necessary on those websites is, I don't know, just more of an inconvenient kind of process than dealing directly with the accommodation themselves. Okay. If there's an issue with the price, if there's an issue, for example, we were just in Aspen, Colorado the other day, mm -hmm. and we had to come back a day early because they had a hot water issue. Right. There was a busted gas was pipe. A busted gas pipe, and the and the managers of hotels was letting everybody off the hook for a convenience thing. If you booked it through a third party, trying to get your money back is now a seven 
14, 21 day process. I don't know how long. I've yeah, it's it. not efficient. It's, it's not, not efficient. easy. You do mm-hmm. a dialogue with the manager. He gives you the receipt and they give you a refund in 24 to 40 hours and you're done. But aren't they supposed to right. be meant for them to make it easier for you as a traveler? They're, they're supposed to. What, what, they're, what they do is they give you. This is one thing I do go to them is if I'm going to. If I'm looking for a particular destination, I do go to bookings.com or hotels.com uh-huh. just to say I, I Google accommodations and Jerks and Caicos. And it's easier to find the right. list of accommodations on those websites. And then I click on those accommodations that I like. And then I go directly to the hotel's to website. The website. Mm-hmm. I rarely find mm-hmm. that it's ever cheaper going through bookings.com Uh even the hotels kind of tell you they prefer that you don't go there. Obviously, they have to cut them a commission, you know, for the for the reference. Right. And you can directly tell the accommodation, listen, I'm staying for an extra night. You seem to be doing three to four nights. If I stay a fifth night, can you give me a deal? And nine times out of ten, the hotel will accommodate you. They'll match anything that you do. And they prefer that you deal directly with them. It just streamlines the entire process yeah, and makes and, it easier. And a lot of times when you do mention to them, hey, I saw this special right. on certain Certain things they, they typically either match it, match it or they will throw right. in an amenity or they'll throw right. in like a spa or they'll throw in right. something because they do want you right. to go through them the hotels have to use those mediums because yeah. all other hotels are using the mediums right if you're not in the game then you're out of the game and mm-hmm. then you may you may lose on some business mm-hmm. but they prefer and they will tell you and but uh, uh, candidly that they prefer that you directly book with them right and so one thing we also like to do is we find hotels depending on where on what we're doing. Yes. If we're going to be out and about visiting museums all day, right. we're not going to find a hotel that has a lot of amenities because right. we really don't care about that. We're right. really only staying there. Yes. Um, not even right. for the for the dinners or the or their restaurants because that's one thing I don't like are usually their right. hotel restaurants. I don't think they're usually yeah. really good. They've gotten better over the years, yeah. but I don't right. like eating there. I like to try local restaurants, right. little places, maybe hole-in-the-wall places. Yeah, I mean, the... the hotel business is in the hospitality business mm-hmm. and of course restaurants are part of the hospitality mm-hmm. business but really their focus is on the accommodation itself and the amenities yeah. and, and the location as well uh, of course restaurants are exactly that they're in the restaurant business so they're typically superior to what they do in the hotel because the concentration hotel is not just in the restaurant the concentration on an accommodation is the entire package the whole thing. so they can't focus just on the food side of course there's some famous restaurants and some famous hotels around the world. There's always exceptions absolutely, to the absolutely. rule. But so if you're going to like a beach resort and there's not much to do in town, uh-huh. if you're going to some of those Caribbean islands. Mm-hmm. Well, we were just in Holbox. In Holbox, so right. That right. So that hotel they, really did yes. make so, it for us. So yeah. then you then you have to look at the amenities. What mm-hmm. does the hotel have to offer inside the hotel or in the near vicinity? Yeah. Because typically the towns don't have much to offer. Mm-hmm. If you go to the Caribbean islands, these are a lot of uh, countries that live off of tourism, but it's not really in the city. It's uh-huh. about the beach. It's about the uh, hotel itself. Yeah. And so do you, do you want a big pool? Do you want a, a, a spa that does well, that has great spa services? It's like the Atlantis, right? right There's the nothing Atlantis, around right. there, but the Atlantis makes out for it because they have all the whole restaurants, right. all of the attractions, water slides, attractions waters, yeah. the aquariums, the all whole that water park, yeah. Exactly. But if you're going to somewhere, let's say in Shanghai or you go to Tokyo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need that bougie of a hotel. Yeah. 
uh, or not necessarily a bougie hotel. You just don't need a hotel that has a swimming pool because you're going to be spending, like you had said, 90% of your day seeing the attractions in the city. Yeah, you're out and the about. the culture. You're visiting the right, you're out and about. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to, depends on where you want to go. Mm-hmm. If you go to Machu Picchu, it's really just about what you're looking at, the ruin. The hotel there, when we were there about 10 years yeah. ago, they didn't really have much amenities because they knew the concentration of that particular or the model, the business model of that hotel mm-hmm. was really just the location so you can get the visual of the ruin itself. So it really depends on where you're going and what you want to do. Yeah, and that hotel wasn't very fancy or no, anything. No. It was just... Well, the rooms were extremely tiny. So they were very small. And but, I think that's but, it had, but they had amazing yeah, views. We could, exactly. They situated that hotel, the location of that hotel For was the all about the views. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's part of the of the of the planning process. It's right. like if you're going to be staying at a place where you're going to be doing a lot of walking, a lot of seeing, like, do you really want to stay? The other thing that you always consider is the size of the room. Yes. Because you want to make sure that it's a room that can accommodate all four of us right. because we always travel the four of us. Right. And um, well, we don't side. like getting separate rooms for the boys. We like right. for the boys to be with us all the right. whole time. Yeah, and that's that's kind of starting to wear. We're yeah, start, we're starting to, to see. <laughs> you know, we're starting we're starting to realize it's not working out as well because the boys are now bigger. They're taking up more space. Right. But we're I'm also you know physically a big guy and personal size, personal the size of the room really depends on your personal preference. I like a lot of space. I'm willing to pay extra for a suite or a junior suite just because I don't want to come back for two reasons. If you're in a beach de- destination or leisure type of vacation where it's yeah. not a lot of activity, you don't want to be kind of crammed back into a small room for me personally uh, because it kind of takes away from why are you the, the whole the whole psychology behind that kind of laid back kind of trip right yeah if you're going to a destination that is a, that the city is the attraction or a ruin is an attraction or you know some landmark is an attraction mm-hmm. you spend most of the day Mm-hmm. Uh, on your feet or you yeah. spend most of your day tired you come back and then you come back to a small room I just kind of like the space yeah. I don't want to be crammed in there and I think we also discussed along the way like 20 years of being together being married that I'm a big fan of the bed and breakfast places right. um, I really do enjoy waking up and having somebody there cook right. you know breakfast for us that's not something you're really into sure. because you really like to have you know the, the whole hotel experience right whether you're going out for the pool, whether right. you're going out in, you know, the pool bar, um, like I could give those up if I could just have more of a one-on-one with the person that leads the, whole, you know, the little right. place or the little B&B. I really enjoy those. Yeah, that's all personal preference. There's and no, I think there's it no really, right or wrong. Yeah, and I think it depends on where you're going as well, you right. know, because when we go to Mexico, right. we really like those B&Bs because sure. they really do take care of you. Right. Um, you go to wine country, those you go to B&Bs, wine country, B&Bs are better, They're right? really nice. They're more yeah, the hotels. the type of trip that you're exactly. taking. Right? It just really right. depends on where you're going to be. Yeah. Um, when we went to Italy, we found a lot of really great right. little places that were not big chain hotels, yeah. but the only thing is we had to carry our own luggage. Yeah. But I mean, it just sort of makes up for the fact that it's super right. chic, and, uh, little boutique type places. They take care of you a right. lot more. They, you know, try to make sure that you're happy. Um, when we stayed at bigger, you know, hotels and like bigger chain right. hotels, whether it's the Marriott or when we stayed, um, Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful big place, the one in Tokyo. Andas. Andas. Right. Those are bigger chains. Those are beautiful and amazing, but right. you don't get that that 
feeling of like, you know. No, it's not a personal connection. It's not a personal connection. Right. It's exactly. more impersonal in, in the chains. And that's why we like to do the mom and pop kind of yeah. resorts, the more localized resorts to get a personal uh, connection. You get better service. Typically, you're just not kind of a number. Even even like in the Four Seasons, they figure out your name the pretty quick. They, yeah. they, they do great, but they mm-hmm. do better jobs on if you get the mid-size or the small mm-hmm. boutique hotels, mm-hmm. they remember you. They want that great review. They want that. They great do service, want you to right? review them. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, sometimes let's go. Let's go into something that other people always ask us about, and they always want to know: Do you have like a certain day of the of the week where you think that there's cheaper flights, or there are times of the day where you can right. book a cheaper flight? So I remember this from the travel agency days, and I don't really know how much that really applies to today but back then because now it's just you kind of we're kind of really working around our kids school schedules yeah but back then tuesdays wednesdays and saturdays if you flew on a tuesday and came back on a saturday or flew on a wednesday and came back on a saturday or any combination of saturday tuesday saturday wednesday those are typically the days that the airlines uh, gave you the best deals because they were the least traveled or the least amount of occupancy in a particular flight. So they were always a little bit cheaper. Of course, the Sundays and Fridays, mm-hmm. uh, Mondays as well, were more of the higher peak travel days for travel. Mm-hmm. So you don't get them. But really, the trick is is not to wait to the last minute. Uh, it used to be 21 days was the best uh, fare. But I think now that I've noticed 21, 14 days is really just about the same. The only the only time really the price changes if you do under seven days and you're doing like a quick trip, like a Monday to Thursday kind of deal, uh-huh. you typically pay premium for a last minute deal. But on the international side, uh, it really doesn't matter on the international side what days of the week you travel. Mm-hmm. It, it what really matters is how many days in advance you travel more so than on the domestic side. Okay. Because you can find a Tuesday flight for $1,200 to Europe, come back, you know, two weeks for Tuesday and you can find the same price on a Monday to Monday deal. What, when you go to the airline and you see that there's a difference on a Monday or Tuesday, that's not because on, on international flight that the Monday is a higher peak day. Mm-hmm. It's just that they already booked all the lower class fares on that particular airline okay. for that particular flight. So if you're flexible with your days and you can go the following Monday, maybe that block of uh, class fare on that yeah. airline is still available and you can get it. So basically, if you are looking at right. flights, is to try to right. plug in different dates yes. and see what dates right. fit your budget better. And right. if you're flexible, right. definitely be flexible yep. in the times to leave. I remember you said sometimes, like, you know, it's sometimes it's better when you leave late at night. You know, it's like you want to do yes, that, the red eye if it's something that, that's going to definitely bring that's down. for the domestic flights. Okay, right. for domestic flights. International okay. flights, it's usually once or twice a day they kind of fly There's out not that Houston, many options, and, yeah. And you just fly at the time they fly. And, and they have to fly overnight anyway, so it's yeah. automatically red, red. And you mentioned something to me the other day as well, like, you know, when you travel to Europe, it's better to go to Europe when you're in a low season and it's not right. so busy because you'll definitely get better right. deals. You'll get more discounts on hotels because it's just not that that busy. Well, it's it's if you're a budget traveler 
And if you don't mind, if you don't mind the cold, because in Europe we know it's cold in the winter time. Yeah. And if you go between that November to March, March area, yeah. obviously barring the holiday season, there there's a premium for traveling during the holiday season. Not Thanksgiving to Europe, mm-hmm. but over Christmas and the New Year's they they definitely charge you more. But if you don't mind the 30, 40 degree weather in Paris or London or in Italy, then it's definitely about a third of the price to travel at that time of the year mm-hmm. than it is to travel in the summertime. Wow. So on the international flights, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. You should really book your flights at least a month or two ahead of time minimum. I typically do two to three months. I like to plan out my entire year for traveling for the most part, at least six months ahead of time uh-huh. and, and start researching where I want to go, what I want to do there. Like I said earlier in the podcast, start start uh, from the back and then work your way to the airline tickets. And then, you know, it doesn't always work out exactly how you want to work out. Mm-hmm. The airline. Sometimes you do have to kind of make changes. But if you work, if you plan ahead of time, the airlines will follow what you want to do in terms of your, your scheduling on, on the flights. Yeah, because you get there and then you kind of want to start doing stuff, right? You want to sit down and not do anything for a day or two. So mm-hmm. you, you find out what you want to do, how long it takes to get to that destination, mm-hmm. how many things you want to see, uh, how, how much time it takes to do uh, between each activity, how much each activity per day it takes. Right. And then find the hotels to accommodate it and then find the airlines to accommodate all of it at, at, at the uh, at the very end. Uh, you, you mentioned activities. We love doing activities when we go to places. We're the type of family that doesn't stay at the hotel very much. We like to find things to do. Rusk and I divide up the work and I always, um, go out looking for the restaurants, the nightlife. I look for the bars, the wineries, um, all of those places. And I typically go on Instagram to see, you know, what's hashtagged the most Mm. and see where that was how I found this really, really great little place in, in, uh, it's called the flora and fauna it's like a tiny little place it's uh, an organic farm and they have the most amazing food little restaurant there Um, and also a skincare line it's just such a great little place but I found it because I was just following a few travel bloggers on Instagram or I'll go on Pinterest and I'll look things up on Pinterest to see you know what bloggers have shared, right. you know, different places. If I was going, for example, that's how I found Holbosch was because I found right. a travel blogger that right. said and mentioned it. And then I was like, Oh, let me go in there. Let me see what right. that's about. And we found the hotel through the blogger. Yep. She recommended the little hotel, right. La Casa de las Tortugas. And that was such a great little yeah. place. And I mean, you know, sometimes you have to really go on the, on the site, on a website, on either Pinterest or Instagram right. and just do a lot of research um, and make sure that it's something that, you know, fits your, your interests. Right. You and, know? and the Hobosh is a perfect example of what we had just discussed is that we found the location. Then we found the hotel inside the location. Right. And now how do we get there? Right. How do we get there? Yeah. Right. yeah. So then, it's not easy to get so in there. Then you, now you have to look at where Holbosch is on the map. And it's like, you realize it's close to Cancun. Yeah. And then you get on the airlines and you find out, obviously being from Houston, we mostly fly United nine right. times out of 10. Now you fly to Cancun, but how do you get from Cancun to Holbosch? So uh-huh. then you have to get on other uh, travel blogs or travel mediums to see what other people did that went before you. So that's how you go to TripAdvisor. I usually use nine times out of 10. I use TripAdvisor. Trip Advisor, right. You do like TripAdvisor. Right. Well. And you just go to Holbosch, you yeah. go in Holbosch, and then you'll typically find something that relates how somebody got there. And what I discovered was there's two options. You can, yeah. t- you can take a shuttle that the resorts provide from you from Cancun, and it was a two and a half, three hour shuttle from Cancun through dirt roads through Holbosch. But see, the key is, is how 
much inconvenience can you handle? Everybody yeah. has a different parameter tolerance, tolerance of inconvenience. inconvenience. Some people can rough it. Mm-hmm. Some people can't rough it. Yeah. We're unfortunately the people that can't that rough don't it anymore. Like to rough we it used anymore. to rough it when we, we were a little to. younger, but now we kind of got spoiled and became mm-hmm. bougie. Now mm-hmm. we find the most convenient way to get to mm-hmm. where we want to go as fast as possible. So I discovered there was local regional flights, little island hoppers, yeah. single engine Cessna planes mm-hmm. that took you from Cancun directly at the international airport that landed on a dirt strip that was five minutes of taxi time on a golf cart right. to the resort, right? To the resort. And that's how it happens. So it worked backwards. Found a destination, found the hotel, and then find out how to get there after that. Right. Right. Because nine times out of ten, the airlines, your the airline schedule will yeah. accommodate what you want to do. Not accommodate what you personally want to do, but you find a way to make it work. To make it work. And I think that's one of the reasons why we haven't yet gone to Montana. Right. It's because we want to go to Montana, right. but we haven't found the route right. or the way to get to where we want to go in Montana. The way we like to the do it. The way we want to do some it. Some people yeah. drive to Montana. Yeah. And, and some people drive days, days. to get to Montana. So it, and we that, don't want to do that's that. Not what, and that, yeah. and that works for you. That's great. If that's how you like to travel, then go for it. There's no right or wrong way to There's do no it. There's no right or wrong. But yeah. for example, you have to fly to Salt lake and then you have to fly to big sky but then you mm-hmm. want to get to some you know off the beaten path little town in yeah. montana uh-huh. and then how do you get there right and then there's no regional plane that takes you there then you have to rent a car there then you look at the time distance that you have to get there it's like three and a half hours and it's a lot of switchbacking through the rocky mountains yeah. so you know it's just, just and, and, and as much just, as we, we want to go glamping, we, we want to go glamping in right, Montana. Yeah, right. We still, I mean, haven't gone around to that. Right. South of France is another place that we've right. always wanted to go, but we want to go to South of France when we feel like we can do it the right, right. way. And we're still not there yet. Right. Um, we still have our kids. We still have right. so many other things that we need to yeah. do before we get to that point. Right. Um, and now that you're studying for your W set and right. you're doing all of your wine tastings yeah. and your classes, I think now you will go there with a bigger appreciation yes. for their French wine. Yeah. And I'm glad I did it because I love that. it's extremely complex. And I get to enjoy and, that yeah, too. You get to ex- yeah. <laughs> explore that as well. And it makes it a lot easier for sure. So let's talk a little bit about COVID traveling because, you know, you and I have been doing some COVID traveling when they opened the the, yeah. the, the airports and the hotels. Um, we did domestic flights. We couldn't go anywhere, right. you know, international because you didn't have your, your passport for right. a long time. You had um, sent it to have it renewed. Right. No, so I sent it to have it renewed back. And then they didn't open Europe for right. people and for yes. Americans. <laughs> right. No, Mexico, they didn't. I think, was no, the I, only one. I had sent it to have it renewed because we had a South Africa trip planned for mm-hmm. July. Yeah, last August. year. It was about two and a half, three weeks, including a, a pit stop in Germany on the way there. Yeah. And I had sent in my passport right around the time you kind of heard some ruminations about COVID. And then my passport got lost, not in physically got lost. It just, mm-hmm. it just, it got backlog, backordered. Mm-hmm. So instead of the usual six to eight weeks or four to six weeks, whatever it was back then, it took four and a half months to get my passport back. And that kind of squeezed the time frame of when your deadline was to make a decision if you wanted to go to South Africa or not. But that didn't work out anyways because South Africa became permanently closed for the rest of the year. So it really made no difference. Right. But so what we ended up doing is that we ended up taking a lot of short uh, domestic trips. Mexico is really a domestic trip. You know, it's it's really the 51st state when it comes to traveling for the United States. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico can be the 51st state as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the... The inconveniences that we had come across, remember, it was going to go, we got to go back to, we're not the inconvenient travelers. We're the convenient travelers. And if you're the inconvenient traveler, then you can, you can navigate your way through all the little nuances 
of changing planes, of maybe picking up your luggage and transferring to the plane. Mm-hmm. If that works for you and you're hardwired that way, you know, the, the fair, fair, fair game. Yeah, and we've done that before. Right. We just don't want to do we it don't anymore. Do it anymore. Yeah. So you had to, for example, we had to, we were going to Hawaii in mm-hmm. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. for our 20 year anniversary, and they were very strict about the COVID testing. Yeah. And it, it, you had to run, you had to jump to loopholes to get that done because they wanted a specific test. We had to make the appointment at Walgreens. Walgreens canceled the appointment literally the last minute, 72 hours before our yes. flight. Yes. Oh, a, my we, gosh. We had to uh, run around, find another Ooh, test. Find and another place. We ended up at CVS. Half the test on this 12-person 12 12 family trip didn't have the results prior to arriving in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what to expect. We didn't know if they were going to turn us back. We didn't know how strict they were. We didn't know if, if they yeah. they're going to make us quarantine in the hotel. If they're going to force that. Room. Luckily for us... We arrived late in the evening. And yeah. it, just, it just seemed like everybody was tired from yeah, the county and they just kind of let us go mm-hmm. through. They, they, they checked for negative results, but they weren't really checking it as thoroughly as they should have. And yeah. as, as not should have, as the impression that they were given, they were checking it. So we made it through. Then we went to Aspen in Colorado and they were requesting COVID testing there as well. And we decided to roll the dice. We right. said, you know what, we're not going to get the test. We'll just figure it out when we get there because they were also mentioning. Uh, you, they, they also mentioned that you can get the test in the county there. So what that really tells you mm-hmm. is you got to pick up on those little details. If they're telling you that you can get a test there, that means they're really not enforcing it. That's yeah. the, that's the underlying tones. That's the underdig that that's coming out of that particular mm-hmm. county mm-hmm. is because. The complete opposite extreme is you must have the test prior to boarding the plane. And they're checking for the test before you board the plane. And if that wasn't the policy, yeah, check with the hotel, uh-huh. go to the county's websites, right. verify all that. And if the county's saying, well, just fill out this form. But if you don't have the results in time, it's okay. Or you can just get a test there. Mm-hmm. That means that you really don't have to get the test. It's all about you personally, how you feel about the whole COVID the whole COVID protocol, right? I was going to say, like, it really does depend on how how you um, take the whole COVID protocol and how much you... Right. You know, so, let it hold you back right. or you say, right. it's fine. I'm going to go anyways. Yeah, it's, per- it's, it's purely personal. Right. And it all depends on. And I think a travel tip right. we can give them is something that you do a lot is you reach out to the hotels and yes. ask the hotels right. directly. You either right. find the concierge or right. you go to the front desk and right. you say, can you tell me exactly how strict your COVID policy is? And if I need to have paperwork, what paperwork doing, like you go over that. You don't just go through what the airline is telling you and you don't go through what the hotel website is telling you. Right. You call directly. Right. And I think that's something that needs to be. Yes. But ultimately at the end of the day, the reviews that you, you must look at the reviews of what, the travelers that had come before you, what they're saying. The hotel is going to give you the standard uh, legal, uh, yes, you must quarantine 14 days if you don't have your test. Yes, it is being enforced. But then you have to kind of ask the right question, the next question. Uh, Does that mean I can't? Fabulous and classy are raging at the moment. Do you need a touch-up? Does your closet need an update? Or are you feeling a bit out of touch with the decades trends? Just shoot me a DM at think underscore chick and we'll plan out the perfect fashion strategy for you. The next question, uh, does that mean I can't, it, that, does that mean you'll let me check in, but uh, can I make a reservation at the restaurant inside your hotel? And if they, oh yeah, you can make a reservation. So you're not really quarantined in the room, are you? Uh-huh. Because if they're allowing you to make a reservation in their hotel, 
without actually having a COVID test. That mm-hmm. means they're they're just they're just repeating verbatim what the county legally requires them to repeat. To it, repeat, yeah. But they're not really enforcing. Just for liable for for liability, liability reasons, reasons right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just that's just some insight, inside information for those folks out there that listen to this and say, I really want to go somewhere, but I don't really know how strict it is. People that kind of like to roll the dice a little bit, want to get out of their shell after being quarantined, really psychologically, mentally for the last 12 months of 2020, but think that it's probably worse out there than it really is. Our experience, it's not that bad, but that doesn't really mean that it's not bad wherever you want to go. That's just right. our experience. Right. So you should really do your research, but get on the reviews. TripAdvisor, uh, you can just Google COVID requirements and you could find the plethora of on Google reviews of people that have come before you. Google reviews? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. You can find it on there. You have to write, you have to write the, you have to type in the correct keywords. Ah, and then you'll find a whole okay. bunch of stuff on there that people will say, well, I went to this, pl- I went to this particular hotel mm-hmm. or I went to LA and they were really checking in LA. They're really penalizing you. They're going to give you $500 fine. You may be arrested. Stay away from that place. Yeah. Right. Go yeah. somewhere else. That's a great, great right. tip. Right. Stay away. There's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of places you can go if you simply just want to get out of town. And the thing I really want to um, address with COVID traveling, it's really up to you as a person how comfortable you are with COVID traveling because you are going to be on a plane right. with people. Yes, they do require that you wear a mask, but some people take it off. Some people don't even like listen to it or, no. or they look at they they'll get on yeah. it. They'll put their mask on and then they take it off. Like there's so many things that could happen. So how strict are you going to be about it and how um, paranoid are you about it? Um, how I don't know if it's paranoia well, well, or if per- it's paranoia is personal. It's yeah. But, but I can tell you from our experience, we've taken more domestic trips this this year than I can remember. No, yeah, domestic memory, trips for sure. Because we couldn't really go anywhere internationally. So on the domestic trips, it was strictly enforced. So that should give you a peace of mind that they are desanitizing the planes. I've seen it personally. They are giving you hand sanitizing wipes, and they'll give you more if you want. And you can wipe down your armrest, your tray table, your little monitor, your TV screen on the yeah. seat of front of mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Uh, you get to wipe down your hands and they do enforce the masks the flight attendants do walk up and down the aisles reminding you to put your masks on it just seems like a clean environment to me and we haven't gotten sick we have not gotten sick yeah. we've taken i think 12 flights this year yeah i've gotten sick once and if it wasn't it was not definitely from a flight right and i don't remember anybody out there, anybody i don't remember people sneezing on the plane i don't i think society personally is cleaner now than it's probably been ever yeah, because everybody's doing the sanitizer exactly <laughs> so it's now reduced I mean, the risk of getting sick yeah yeah unfortunately that doesn't jive with what you hear in the media that doesn't jive with what you hear in the statistics mm-hmm. from the news mm-hmm. but you know everyone's everyone has their own personal anecdotal situation yeah. experience and you have to take right. the news and the new right. and the the yeah. statistics Research it, right. look it up, yeah. make sure that it's something you, really you want to risk. And if you want to risk, risk it, right. basically. Yeah. It, it is a risk you, it you're is. taking. You're, it's honestly a risk, and you are going to take a risk, and you're going to put yourself in risk. You're putting your kids at risk. Right. Um, 
but you weigh the pros and the cons and you look at the thing in a holistic way, which is what we always do. We never just look at it from like one point of view. We really look at things from multiple point of views. And then we both discuss it because if I'm not comfortable traveling, we're not going anywhere. And if you're not comfortable traveling, we're not going anywhere. It's always, a we don't force anything on each other. We always say, hey, I want to go here. Let's try this here. Let's try that. And if there's a place that I don't feel comfortable going because, I don't know, to me, it feels like it's just too lax Mm -hmm. or it's they're not taking this as seriously as I think they should. Whatever it is, we're not going to go. I mean, we, you No, it's all personal. It's a personal thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like it when people throw judgments at others for doing something that for them, honestly, it's what works for them. Yes. Right. It was what works for each other, uh, for themselves. It's, but you should always look at things on a nuanced, from a nuanced perspective. Don't look at things holistically. Not all parts of the country have a wave of COVID sickness. There's pockets, different regions, and it comes and goes. New York was the first, and then New York subsided. Then now LA kind of sprung up. Houston was a little bit up there. Then it went down after the summer, and then it's kind of back up there. You really just have to do your own research, and you really just the best, honestly, the best unbiased information is what you can find on people that have been there before, right. because they have no, they have no stake in the game. They're giving you unfiltered information. There's no uh, gimmick. There's no monetary. Uh, you know, they're not. They're not paying to. Yeah, they're not getting paid. They're not being sponsored not by being anybody. Sponsored. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I think you had mentioned at the beginning, I just want to say why choose a particular airline. I'm a sticker for loyalty. You're a sticker, sticker for loyalty. Well. Yeah, I don't switch. All the airlines are pretty much the same in terms of customer service. Some airlines you may have had bad experiences on. Some people not, not didn't have bad experience on. We're in Houston. United Airlines has a hub in Houston. I like to stick with the same airline get a nonstop flight. And here's a couple reasons why is if you change planes, greater chance of your bags getting lost. Or if you have to change planes on a different airline and one in your original uh, flight is delayed. Now you're stressed trying to make the second connection. Yeah. And then you have to deal with the bags on the second connection. If you travel with bags and you don't, you know, take carry on, it just makes things a little bit more complicating, and which goes back to my original point. When you're traveling for a vacation, for leisure, why stress out over making things complicated for yourself? Because at the end of the day, all the American Airlines in terms of customer service overall are about the same. Delta, I know sometimes is ranked number one. Southwest was up there for a while, but everyone's had a bad experience at some point. They lost their bags. The flight was delayed. Flight was canceled. That's just the numbers game. It's just statistics. And I would just stick with United Airlines. It gets you to most places nonstop. Less chances of the things that I just mentioned happening. Right. What is it? What is your your prognostication on how we're going to be traveling in 2021? Well, I think it'll be a little easier than 2020, but I don't think it'll be back to normal till 2022 or 2023, mm-hmm. especially on the international side. I don't think uh, I think there's still a long way to go. I think, you know, the, the virus obviously hasn't subsided. The vaccine is being delayed. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole world out there, not just the United States. So I mean, we got to kind of, we got to get to some of the hot, you know, some of the 
favorite destinations that people visit Europe, South America, Southeast Asia, China, you know, that's going to probably take two, three years before things resume back to normal. Yeah. So definitely if you're looking to travel, you know, reach out to those places directly, reach out to their hotels directly and ask them questions. Right. But you know what, this is now, if you have the balls to do it and you're not too worried about COVID, Mm -hmm. Everything's cheap right now. Everything is cheap. Yeah. I mean, it's. Oh, my parents went to Vegas right, yeah. for five hundred dollars. Yeah, they went to Vegas for six hundred seventy-two dollars. I booked it for four nights. It was it was three nights, three nights, four days. Four days. That was air and hotel. Mm-hmm. Of course, that mm-hmm. Vegas is kind of a little bit of an extreme, but but for most, I mean, just traveling just about anywhere in the United States is about maybe 25, 30% less than it was before. Yeah. Hotels so this are available. Is a good opportunity they, they for want you your to business. take advantage of traveling. You want something extra from a hotel? Ask them for it. You want, you want uh, an upgrade on the room when you get there? They'll be happy to accommodate you because, <laughs> because they're, they're not at full occupancy. Yeah. Yeah. They and want the they, good. They, they want the good and review. They want to stay afloat. Those reviews are extremely powerful. They really sway yeah. the choice of where you stay. It's really important to read those reviews on TripAdvisor and to find out what they were doing. That review will go a long way. And if you find, and what I like to do is find accommodations that the hotel responds to tr- previous guest reviews. Then you know they really care. Ah, because if they're yeah. responding to those reviews, then you know you're going to get good customer service and they're on top of their they're game. Paying attention. They're paying attention mm-hmm. to that stuff. And those are good places to stay mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. And they're going to they're going to go bend, they're going to bend over backwards more often than not to make you happy. Remember there's it's it's a it's it's as close to a perfect market competition industry. Uh, the hospitality industry as it possibly gets because there's so many players out there more often than not mm-hmm. in popular destinations. Mm-hmm. You should take advantage of it. Don't hesitate mm-hmm. to ask for something else. They'll be glad to give it to you. Yeah. Especially right now when they right. really, really need the people yeah. to come to yeah, the Yeah, just come up to the front desk and mm-hmm. say, hey, listen, I got uh, I got a two-bedroom, but I got an extra kid here. I said, anyway, you can get a junior suite. You guys have anything available? Mm-hmm. And, and more often than not, they'll say, well, they may want to negotiate with you a little bit. They may give you a discount on it, but hell, you, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst thing is they just tell you no. Do you negotiate a lot on on um, on prices of, for like at hotels and things? Like, if you want something good, do you really negotiate it? I, if it's a high quality hotel, do you negotiate prices? I don't negotiate the prices. I negotiate uh, the size of the room or an amenity. Mm-hmm. If I know that I'm going, not necessarily in the peak season. Typically, when you go in the peak season, mm-hmm. and you you gotta you gotta have to kind of look that up. You just have to Google it and find out what what's the peak season in a particular destination. They'll they'll bend more often than not in a non-peak season situation. In peak season, when they're running 90, 100% occupancy, they typically will not bend because they can easily fill up your room to the next person waiting in line. Yeah. So it doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt to ask, mm-hmm. but uh, you don't really get to negotiate on the price on the hotel room unless they're absolutely desperate. And you'll know when they're desperate because that's when those booking.coms and hotel.coms come in handy because they'll have those little uh, free night or 20% off or 30% off if you stay an extra night or this. They're signaling to you that they're willing to negotiate. Mm-hmm. And that's when I go directly to the hotel and say, hey, listen, I'm I want three days. I'm going to stay fourth day. Can you give me 50% off on the fourth day or can you give me fourth night free? And they, they'll, they'll work with you, but you got to go directly to the hotel. Okay. I do. It's, it's just easier that way. Great Deal tip. directly with them. Mm-hmm. They want your business. Mm-hmm. 
You're right. right. So again, if you are going to be traveling during COVID, call ahead of time the hotels, ask them if the spas are open. If you want to do a spa, ask them what restaurants are open. Um, go on Instagram and right. see if you find a restaurant that you like. Reach out to them, send them a, uh, a DM, a direct message, and ask them, are you guys open through COVID? And if you are open, what is your reservation policy? Because they also have reservation policies because some of them are only open for 50% occupancy. Um, some of them are not open at all, only for breakfast or, you know, they are limiting the amount of reservations they're taking. So reach out to them, ask right. them. Some of them are updating constantly on their Instagram accounts, but you can't always trust that. So always send a message right. to them directly. Uh, and they're, they've been pretty good with me to reach back out and say, yes, we are open. This is how you make a reservation. If you're on open table, make a reservation through there. If you're resty, whatever it is, or just call directly and make an appointment. We were in Aspen recently and we did a little igloo experience. And I only saw the igloo experience because they posted it on their Instagram. They don't have it anywhere else. They're not showing it anywhere else, only on Instagram. So when I reached out to them, they said, you have to call us and, you know, give us all your information because we're only doing those eagle right. experience once a day yes. so you know you call them and you make the reservation and you're going to be the person that's going to be able right. to get in for that one a day so you have to always reach out to them one way or another always double double check if you're going for example i'm going with a friend to scottsdale and we want to do the whole spa experience in scottsdale because arizona is known for their spas one thing we were very adamant about it's like we've got to make sure that the place we go to have an open spa right. why because a lot of them have close spas they don't have an open spa because of covid or they're you know very strict with it whatever it is always you call ahead you make sure that whatever you're looking for specifically or you're going for something really special or a special restaurant don't go to vegas and then find right. out that your favorite restaurant is closed sure a lot of them closed yeah check ahead of time and yeah, some of them are not showing it up on instagram or showing it up on their facebook yeah, don't page assume. don't assume anything always go in and check it out all right so i'm going to give you guys um Five packing hacks or five things you should pack because I find that they are really, really, really instrumental and essential when you're traveling and just to kind of make your life less miserable sometimes. You know, I'll tell you why because there's one hack here that I'm going to tell you about that it just helped me so much. And it took me, what, maybe 10, 15 years until I finally found this. <laughs> and I'll tell you guys about it. Um, and Russ knows what I'm going to tell you guys in a little bit. But um, I just wanted to mention that if you do have any questions or you want to know a little bit more details about, you know, our travels, um, how we get places, what deals we go for, if you trust, you know, certain websites, I can tell you we've been around the block and we've, we used to before COVID, we used to travel every six weeks. Now it's every maybe two months, maybe every three months and that sort of thing. But I'm definitely here to give you guys some more travel deals and steals. So here are my five, five packing hacks or five hacks that you should have that are essential for yourself. As we go off in our world in 2021, we see that the world is going to open up again slowly but surely. Our vaccines are kind of getting out. Things are going to change and things are going to open up and you're going to want to be prepared. And so here are what I'm going to give you that you need to be prepared for. Number one, one thing that I definitely recommend is for you to go and get yourself some packing cubes. Packing cubes organize my... Um, my clothes, I put in, like, for example, my dresses, um, 
my pants and my tops in one packing cube. I put my underwear, my bras in a different one. I'll put my shoes in a different cube. And it just keeps everything separate and it keeps it organized. So when I travel and sometimes Rusk and I share luggage, I put all of my stuff in the packing cube. And that way he doesn't even go through any of my things. He knows that those cubes have my stuff. And so I love, love, love packing cubes. And I got mine through Amazon. So if you ever need to get some, I think that's great. And they're very cheap and they're super, super convenient and amazing to have uh packing hack number two always pack baby diaper wipes because you're gonna have situations where you may throw up and somebody needs to get cleaned or you're gonna have um the situation where you go into a restroom in a place that doesn't have toilet paper or you in those wipes are just amazing and just so great and also i like to wipe down after i eat i like to wipe my hands down if you know if i don't have access to a sink or like you're eating ice cream out and about on the street you know those little wipe wipes just come in so handy and i i love them and i always pack a, a little pack of um of, of wipes and uh, the, the third thing and this is the thing that i discovered later on was nausea medicine if you can pack in maybe some dramamine if it's off on off the counter I get a prescription from my doctor because my nausea is much more intense. After I had my babies, my nausea went to another level. So it helps me when I go on trips and we drive around maybe on the the mountains or we're at a very high elevation. It is so helpful. Or when I'm going on a very long flight and I know I'm going to get sick from the flight, I take that, I pack that as well as like a Tylenol PM because if you're going to sleep, take a Tylenol PM. Because we do a lot of overnight flights and that really helps to get you know you to sleep if you need it um i think sleep is just so so important when you're traveling because it really helps you to kind of stay healthy through your travels you you have to make sure that you do that and you 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 pack your prescriptions and uh for me nausea medicine and Tylenol pm are those things that i always pack in terms of of what i have in my um my little baggie my little medicine baggie. Russ knows that I have a medicine baggie with all of my stuff, whether it's Benadryl for allergies or, um, you know, Tylenol, whatever it is, I have that. Uh, okay, number four, obviously, pack your alcohol sanitizers. They are everywhere, but I love to pack my own because I share it with everybody around me. And I'm like, hey, get a little bit of this, get a little bit. Sometimes you don't know who's not using the sanitizer. So I like to share my sanitizers and just just because that makes me feel comfortable that I have, you know, the alcohol. And I guess it's just maybe more psychological than anything, but I feel like it does help. Number five, and this is the last one, and I think this is a good one for you ladies, is pack panty liners. I know some of you ladies probably are not on your period when you're traveling. You don't need to be on your period when you're wearing wearing your panty liners. But if you're going to be traveling long flights in your city, you're going to get smelly and you're going to get sweaty. And that's a really, really great tip. Right, Russ? Yes. (laughs) I tell my boys, you guys are so lucky. You guys are boys. Y'all don't have to deal with some of the stuff we have to deal with, but that's, those are my five packing hacks. It's really great for you guys to have, um, you will see a big difference because, you know, like I said, sometimes you go to places, there's some toilet paper. Sometimes you get really sick, just pop your little, you know, um, nausea medicine and you just start to feel so much better i've had situations where we've been in high elevations where i've been super sick and that hasn't even helped but at least it was something you know but anyhow those are our little travel deals and seals i hope that you all um 
share them with your friends. Please share the podcast with everyone. If you have the moment, please leave a review. Uh, give us your feedback. Follow us at Vibes by Alicia on Instagram. Follow me at my Instagram account at underscore chick. We are just so excited to be able to just offer you guys so much information, so much, you know, uh, I guess tips, uh, ideas. We're going to be doing more travel stuff as we go along on the podcast. So if you want right. to know anything more specific, anything else, um, please, please feel free to let me know. I love you guys. See you next time. Thanks again. Thanks again.